0: To another episode. I am your host, W-I-Z-E. Welcome to Stuck in My Mind Podcast. Uh, y'all ready for our awe-inspiring conversation? I, my next guest has a remarkable story. Uh, i will let her tell it because it's it's just amazing. Welcome to the show, Jen Drummond.
1: Woohoo! Thank you for having me. Super oh, excited the, to be here.
0: I'm so excited as well. Thank you for being a guest. Yeah. All right. So let's just jump right into it. Right. So your story is, is, is incredible. Um, can you share that moment of that car accident that you had in 2018 and how it really reshaped your, your outlook on life?
1: Yes. The car accident is the line in the sand for me, for sure. So, I mean, I was doing life fine. I had a thriving business that I hired myself out of a job. I was a mom to seven kids. They were all doing well but I was definitely at one of those plateaus, right? That you're like, man, I wish I could do more, but I just wanna be available for everybody. So if I do more then am I ready to like help if somebody needs it. And 2018, December 18, I get into a horrific car crash that should have taken my life and thankfully didn't. And I remember getting home from that accident thinking, man, I need to do life differently. Like, there's no reason for me to put my life on hold so that I can be on call for everybody else. I should be able to do my life and help others with theirs, but not instead of doing mine. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. So, so it kind of it inspired you to be you. Like, it kind of.
1: Yes, it it, did. It it, It like it made like I was no longer afraid of what people would think of me. Because I'm like, shoot, you're all going to die too. So who cares if you think of me like that's crazy, whatever. We're all going to end up dead at some point. So it is what it is. I was now afraid of what happens if this is my last day, my last year, my last week, my last whatever on life. Like I want to experience this world. I want to see things. I want to try things. I want to do things. And I realized like I don't get to choose when I die, but I sure get to choose how I live. And I wanted to start choosing to live a lot more than what I was.
0: So, so how did the idea of climbing Mount Everest come about?
1: Yeah, so crazy story. So the accident happens. I'm alive. 2019 becomes this year of like question, right? Like I start having this big bucket list of all the things I want to do, see, experience, become, try. And it's gonna take me four lifetimes, I'm sure, to be able to get <laughs> through this list. But I had all these things going on this list. And then in 2020, I was turning 40. So I went to look over my list. I'm like, I want to do something epic for my 40th birthday. And when I looked over the list, climb a mountain was on there. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna climb a mountain for my 40th birthday to launch this next decade into significance.
0: Yes, but when people usually decide to climb a mountain, they don't decide to climb—they don't decide to climb Mount Everest.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. So I live in Park City, and I have friends that are mountaineers. And I asked them, like, if you could climb one mountain in the whole world, what would it be? And actually, the mountain that came back to everybody was a mountain named Ama Dablam. This gorgeous mountain in Nepal. All of us listening would know it if we've ever watched a Paramount Pictures movie. It's the mountain on the Paramount Pictures logo that's surrounded by stars. Yeah. And um, it means the mother's necklace. Like, oh, that's a perfect mountain. I'm going to climb that. Well, I'm training. COVID happens. Now I'm a homeschool teacher to all my children. And one day one of my kids is struggling with his math homework. I'm like, listen, buddy, we do hard things, right? Giving him the proverbial parent pep talk. And he looks at me and he goes, if we do hard things, why are you climbing a mountain called I'm a dumb blonde instead of a real mountain like Mount Everest? Wow. Goes, Honey, it's Ama De Blom. Not I'm a dumb blonde, but thank <laughs> you. Finish your homework. We'll look at Everest. And so he did, and we did, and then he went to bed. And then I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? We live once. Why not Everest? If Everest is the hardest mountain in the whole world to him, I'm going to climb it and show him that whatever Everest is, we're capable of climbing. (laughs) So there you go. That's how it became Everest.
0: (laughs) So when did the goal of becoming the first woman to climb the seven second summits came into play and what drove you to accept that challenge
1: yeah you know I tell you what COVID has done numbers on all of us and to me it upped all my goals to the nth degree so I called this coach about training for Everest and he's like yep I can get you ready and he gives me this book about becoming an uphill athlete because I was always an athlete but I wasn't particularly an uphill athlete so the book comes in the mail I start reading it and the front of the book, there's a lady who wrote the foreword that got a Guinness World Record for doing something in the Alps. And I just remember thinking, I could have done that. Like I can suffer. And in fact, if I got a Guinness World Record, my kids would think I'm the coolest mom in the whole world because this homeschooling thing, I'm not cool. My kids do not like me right now. This is not easy. And so I was like complaining to my coach He's like, oh, don't worry. I'll think of something. I'll think of something. I'm like, okay, Alan, think of something, but listen. I'm not growing pumpkins, speed eating hot dogs, like growing crazy fingernails to get in this record book. I want to do something cool. And he's like, I'll think of something. So a few weeks later, he calls me back and he's like, Jen, I've got the perfect world record for you. I think you should be the first woman to climb the seven second summits. I'm like, what? What are the, what? What did you even say? It sounds like a tongue twister. He goes, listen. He goes, the seven second summits are the second highest point on each of the seven continents. Still is a mouthful. And it's harder than the first seven. In fact, it's been done by one male. So you would be the first female to do it. And he goes, and get this, seven continents, seven mountains, seven children. I think it's a jackpot. Like, you know what? I kind of do too. So I looked at it. I said, Why not? Let's do it. Let's see what happens. And there you have it. <laughs> I know crazy.
0: So can, can you tell us more about your role as a mother of seven children and how they inspire and challenge you on your journey?
1: Yes. Um, I think kids always challenge us, right? Like they they are awesome and they are hard and they are like my favorite thing about life and probably the hardest thing about my life. I actually struggled to have kids in the beginning. Um, Naturally, it just wasn't working. So I had to go get help from a fertility clinic. And when I worked with the clinic, things weren't even working then. And then finally, we came up with a chemical cocktail that turned me into a hen. And so I went from zero eggs to 28 eggs in one of these harvests. And those 28 eggs became 14 embryos. And I believed that embryos were life. So we were just going to give it a shot. They thought I'd get 3 or 4 kids. I got 7. So I have 7 amazing humans that call me mom. Um and I love them, but they definitely, you know, like I finished this world record in June 1st of 2023. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. This was a big undertaking. I get off the airplane at the airport, my son gives me a hug and he's like, "Good job, mom." I'm like, "Thanks, honey." He goes, "Mom, you have bad breath." I'm like, Thanks, honey. I've been on a plane for 12 hours. Yes, I probably do. But like they just keep you humble and they keep you curious and they keep you inspired to do life because you know they're watching.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, um, Kids are brutally honest.
1: Yes, they are.
0: Brutally honest. Yes. I have some grand, I have a grandson, Bryson, and he would let you know he, and, and he'll, he's, he's just turned, he's just turned three.
1: And he is
0: he is uh, a handful, but he is very very smart, and he and he let you he lets me know if I stink or whatever.
1: Yes, (laughs) they do. They do. They're awesome.
0: So, so you're the host of the Seek Your Summit podcast. What themes and stories do you aim to explore on your show, and how do they relate to your mission?
1: Yes. So my show is called Seek Your Summit. Um, appropriate because I'm always climbing a mountain, right? And I think everything is a mountain in life. So it's a good metaphor to follow. So whether you're climbing physical mountains or metaphorical ones, the episodes can help. And I really highlight stories of success and then how those people have turned success into significance. So I think we all are on a pursuit. We define success differently. We have different goals, different ideas, different ways of doing life. And you know, it's just fun to have a podcast and talk to people and realize, okay, that's a thing. I totally get it. I love it that that's your thing. So, yeah.
0: Oh, no, I, I, I love doing my podcast. This is, um, I guess this you can say this is my summit. Like, I didn't, this was my challenge. I didn't know, I wasn't in media. I wasn't into creating content like that. And I challenged myself to, to launch the podcast and Originally, I was going to do a sports podcast Okay. and it was, it just wasn't meant to be.
1: Okay. And
0: when I, when I decided to go into more conversation pieces and and interviewing people like yourself that have amazing stories, it was like, all right, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And it's just been a blessing to be able to record my podcast for the last three and a half years. And I'm I'm just having such a great time doing it.
1: Yeah, I know. It's so fun. And we get better at it, right? It's funny. If I go back to my beginning episodes, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. <laughs> like what? And now I look at it, I'm like, okay, at least we're seeing improvement. At least there's improvement. And I think a lot of people always compare, right? The And we forget, like, you, go back to the beginning days. Go back to the beginning days of Seinfeld. Go back to the beginning days of anything that you like, and you're going to see, oh, wow, it wasn't that awesome in the beginning. It's something that evolves and becomes and it's fun to be on the journey
0: of it. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's um it was something my nephew was when I started with my nephew and everything, and he was like, No, nah, let's just keep recording until we get better. And I was like, No, I want let's let me release this first episode because I just want to show where I started at. I wanted to show the growth from where I was at then to where I'm at now. And it's it's night and day. And oh, with every episode, I improve. I hope I, I, At least I hope I improve with every episode. But, yeah, it, you can tell from my first, even my first 100 episodes to where I'm at now, it, you can just tell the growth and you can see that I'm gaining more confidence with each episode.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
0: So, okay, all right. So um, in your journey from success, from success to significance what advice would you give individuals seeking to make a similar transition in their own lives
1: um there's a few things definitely think that if you have a big goal you need a big team so i learned this from mountaineering and i talk about it in my book breakproof 7 strategies to build resilience and achieve your life goals where we went to climb a mountain in Pakistan, and not a lot of people climbed that year because of COVID, still, and things like that. Not everybody got permits. And it was a big mountain that we didn't have a big enough team to set the ropes, to put up the tents, to do all the different pieces. So everybody was doing more than their share of the work, making them tired, making it a lot more dangerous to climb, and all these other things. So on one of the mountains, I turned around. I'm like, you know what? This is not how it's supposed to be. My life's at risk. It doesn't make sense to continue. And it was just this good example in life that if you have a big goal, it's going to take a big team to make that goal happen. And if you're starting to run out of energy in your life, but you want to achieve X, Y, or Z, like one of the first things I encourage you to do is look around and be like, who's helping you? Who's helping you lighten the load? So that it's easier for you to get to the top of the mountain. Why do they have Sherpa? They have Sherpa on the mountain so that I don't have to carry all my own gear up the entire thing. Those guys are trained to carry gear. If I didn't have a Sherpa, it would be a lot harder. I'd be a lot slower and it'd take a lot longer to climb some of those mountains. And so when you have a goal, who's your Sherpa? Who's helping you get to the end and keep that energy where you need it to be so that you reach the summit?
0: You mentioned your book. Mm -hmm. What motivates you to become an author and what key messages or lessons does your book convey to your readers?
1: Yeah. Um, So after my third climb, a friend of mine who is an author said, you should write a book. These stories are fascinating. And I love hearing them. And I'm not even a mountaineer. And he goes, and if you write the book and take out lessons from the different climbs that other people can use, now you're going to be able to help them climb their mountain. And like we talked earlier, I'm big on turning success into significance. So if I climb a mountain, fantastic. But if I can teach you some of the things that I learned while I climbed that mountain, now I get to help you. And that changes that success to something more. It makes it significant because it empowers others. So I, I take you to the seven different mountains And I take you on a little adventure within each mountain. And then I extract the lesson that I learned that helps you apply it to your own life to make your own summit.
0: So so your desire to inspire others is evident. Can you share some of the most powerful stories of individuals you've inspired to reach their own summits?
1: Yeah. So one really cool experience that I got to be a part of was I failed K2 the first time, right? Like I turned around. Unfortunately, we had a teammate on our team die in an avalanche. And so I had the choice to either continue up the mountain or to come back down and take care of my team. And I gave up the summit that year. I said, no, who I am as a person is more important than what I achieve. I want to come down and take care of my team. So I do that. I come home, I train for K2. I need to go back in 2022. And about three weeks before I leave for the climb, I get a phone call from an individual that's interested in joining our team, doesn't have the resources to make it happen, and is wondering if I can help. I'm like, for sure I can help. I actually have some of this stuff extra, and it's easier for me to buy gear in the U.S. than it is for you in Pakistan. So I fly over to Pakistan to climb K2 for the second attempt. I summit, and then 30 minutes later... An individual from Pakistan stands on top of his country's prized peak and summits the mountain, which guarantees him a job in mountaineering for life, right? And it's one of those things where if we are attentive and pursuing our goals and we share that with the world, then it lets the world know what we're doing, how we can help, and how we need help, right? So I needed help to get motivated to go back to that climb because I had a horrific experience the first time. No one goes to climb a mountain to bury a human. And so the universe stepped up and said, hey, help this other person. By helping this other person, you're going to feel amazing because they get to the top. It's going to give you purpose to go back. And it just makes your journey that much more beautiful than what it was otherwise.
0: Okay. So how do you maintain a balance between being a successful business owner, a mother, and a world record holder?
1: Yes. Um, it's not always balanced. Okay. (laughs) Like that's the reality of it. Um, I, you got to go longer term viewpoint to see balance for sure. When I started my career, I was working 12 hour days, uh, a thousand percent. I was working on weekends on top of that. And that's because I took a job in finance and that's a front loaded career. You have to learn a whole bunch. You have to do a whole bunch to build your book of business and be successful. I was okay with that because I knew later on in life, once I got my book established, I'd have more free time to do things. And that was fine with me. When it comes to climbing mountains, when it's a couple of weeks or a couple of months before it's time to go to a mountain, I have to be very intentional with my calendar. To be like, okay, my training needs to get in there because I need to be healthy enough to climb the mountain. But I also want to spend time with my kids because God forbid something terrible happen. I want them to have good memories so that might mean I'm overlapping activities. I might go to a soccer game and bring a 12-inch step so that I can do my step-ups while I'm watching him play soccer and still get some fitness in, right? So you just get creative and you become very intentional with your time so that you're making the most out of the moments you have.
0: Are are any of the kids interested in climbing mountains?
1: Yeah, actually, um, quite a few of them, to be honest. I took two of my daughters to Africa to go climbing, And I think I'm going to take three of my boys in February break to go climbing over there too. So it's been a fun sport that the whole family's picked up on.
0: Awesome. That is awesome. So, so what's next for Jennifer Drummond? Are there any new adventures, goals or projects on the horizon that you'd like to share?
1: Yeah. You know, I did promise myself. So I just finished the world record on June 1st of 2023. And I promised myself I would not take on another huge goal. For at least a year, because my personality is a quick start and a hard stop. And so I want to be very intentional about what I pick up. And I also think we're so focused on what's next that we kind of forget to celebrate what is. And so this is my year of just celebrating what is. But I have the book coming out that's in pre order right now, which is exciting for me. And I love giving speeches, I love connecting with an audience on stage and doing that whole thing. So that I have quite a few speeches booked out this year.
0: So is that that is that something that has come about because of the mountain climbing is it something that you had intended to do one did you want to do public speaking
1: You know I didn't really even think about it like I got into the um like mountain climbing and then because it's climbing summits and a mm-hmm. lot of companies have summit events or their annual yeah. summit it just lined up and I did a speech for a company and I loved it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. I want to do this again. And I keep getting hired. So life is good.
0: I, mean, I, I, I would say it is. I won't keep hiring. I'm gonna take the job. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Call me up. I'm in.
0: So your desire to inspire is, is significantly clear. What are the what is the keys you what are the key ways you believe people can find and embrace their own paths to a significant significant life? You
1: no, know, I think it's being uh, allowing time to reflect and say, okay, what was good about this day? What was bad about this day? And not necessarily judging yourself, but just allowing you to structure your day so you have more things that you like doing and you spend less time doing things you don't like doing. And then just checking in. Um, one of the concepts that I talk about in the book is sometimes the goal isn't the goal. I once took on this pursuit to get my private pilot's license. I went on a private plane. It was an amazing experience. I was like, I want more of this. I want to get my license so I can afford to do this. So I go to get my license and I was like, oh, I actually don't really like this that much. The entire time I'm in the air, I'm scanning gauges for something going wrong. And then I'm scanning the environment where I would land the plane if something went wrong. And then for two seconds, I'm like, oh, this is actually really pretty. And then I'm back to what happens if the gauges go wrong? Where do I land if the gauges go wrong? And when I would come home from lessons, I would start scanning my home environment for things that were wrong and weren't going well and whatever. And that just wasn't good for my personality. And so I decided, you know what? I don't think this is going to work. And so I let it go. And it's okay to let it go. At least I know. I don't have to Yeah. You
0: attempted it and you you found out it wasn't for you. There are things out there that you might want people might want to attempt and when they do they realize okay this is not what is cracked up to what i thought it was going to be in my head yeah and it's okay from at least i attempt that that's the thing at least you made the effort and you can tell yourself hey at least i went and i i, I went and tried to get my to, to get my pilot's license and it was a lot of stuff that i yeah because i can imagine having to pay attention to gauges wanting to see the view and everything and it's, it's just, I can, I can imagine it could be difficult. It could be actually be, yeah, very stressful. I would, I would be a, me personally, I would be afraid. So.
1: But. Yeah. You know, you live <laughs> and learn, right? But that's part yeah. of just being curious about life and allowing yourself to have the experience. And if you like it, great. And if you don't, great. All of it's great. So it's all feedback to so let you know what to do next.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's the it's the fact that you attempted and you realize like, okay, yeah, this is not what I want, and you moved on from it. So the mountain climbing and everything. What what are um Keith, like what are things that people like you've learned from mountain climbing that you feel that you, you you've adopted you've adapted to to business?
1: Okay. Yeah. So one of the lessons that I learned when I went to climb Everest, I thought for some reason that you started at base camp and then you just climbed all the way up to the top and then you came back down. Well, actually you do this thing called acclimatizing, which means you'll climb up to camp one or camp two, and then your body's going to fail you because there's not enough oxygen in the air and you're not acclimatized to be able to operate in that lesser oxygenated environment. You're going to go to wherever that point is, maybe eat lunch, try to spend a few minutes there, and then you're going to hike back down to base camp. And when you go back down to base camp, your body actually physiologically changes because of the stress of the lack of oxygen, and it starts producing more red blood cells. So about three or four days later, you can go back up the mountain and you can go up to camp one or camp two without any issues. Because your body has acclimatized to this area. Now you can go higher up the mountain. And I think when we're building businesses and where we're doing things in a relationship or whatever, we have to give us space to acclimatize. We're going to hit a point of failure. We're going to hit a point of break. We're going to hit a point of struggle. Okay. When that happens, that doesn't mean quit. That means come back to base camp, look at what was working, what wasn't working, what needs to change, and then go back with a stronger plan. Now you know what's coming. Now you know what to do. And I think any of us that are building businesses, we have to recognize that those breaking points are a chance for us to see what we need to reinforce and what we need to shed to be able to continue to grow.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It, it's um it, it it's it's amazing how um when people start facing obstacles how fast they give up. And, and 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 not realizing that once you overcome this obstacle like it's 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 always like it's there's always going to be bumps in the road it's it's how you i've come to look at it as they're not failures they're just lessons they're, they're like you said you you go you you figure out what didn't work what did work and you adapt and you just Start. So, okay, so we did this this time. It didn't work. So it's not really a failure because now you know, maybe if I do this, it'll work. So being able to to, to, um, to do that, being able to go back, reflect, and look at what didn't work and what worked, how has that, all, all that training and everything, really helped you take your business to, to the next level?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just that mindset of, oh, instead of being shocked when things go wrong, like you just learn to expect that something's gonna go wrong, right? And when that thing like you prepare for mm-hmm. setbacks and obstacles and all things, but a lot of times the things you prepare for aren't the things that actually happen. Right. But the bandwidth that you had as reserves to handle if X, Y or Z happened now gets to handle QRS. Right. And so now you have you're able to absorb that setback and continue to go forward. So for me, it's been able to realize, OK, I'm going to prepare for setbacks. I just don't know what that setback's going to be. And when it shows up, it can be like, oh, here you are. Here's how we're gonna handle you. Let's carry on. Oh, did we freeze? Work, come on. Uh.
0: I don't know if y'all can hear me. I am having technical difficulties. This is horrible. Sorry, my apologies. This sucks. It really do.